This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in on Thanksgiving weekend as we bring you Tribe Talk 52 weeks a year for an hour each week. And during this time of the season, our hot stove shows. Hope you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend, and we hope you enjoy today's show. On our guest list, former Indians pitching coach and current Red Sox pitching coach Carl Willis, who last week for the fourth time in his career as a major league pitching coach, had the honor of a Cy Young Award winner under his watch, Rick Porcello of the Boston Red Sox, this year's Cy Young Award winner. And we talked to Carl about past Cy Young Award winners that he oversaw, including C.C. Sabathia and Cliff Lee for the Indians back in 2007 and 2008. But we also talked to him about current Indians pitcher Corey Kluber, who he sees from the other dugout and what makes Kluber on par with some of the greats of today and the past, especially when it comes to pitching well in the postseason, which Kluber did this year. For them to be able to maintain, you know, their stuff and ability to compete and and succeed, that that is it's it's so impressive. And and I think Corey, you know, he he really he definitely he didn't lose anything. He may have stepped it up a bit uh, as the postseason came along. And I know coming into the postseason, he had an issue. Um, there with a hamstring or growing type of injury. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I know it didn't affect him, um, you know, in, in game two of the postseason there in, in Cleveland when, when the Red Sox were in town. So very impressed with what he was able to do. And, and um, it speaks volumes for, for all of those guys uh, who can step up and do it that way that late in the year. Also on this week's show, we visit with Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio, who was in Washington, D.C. last week for the annual, fourth annual, Bob Feller Active Valor Awards presentation. And Bobby D. filled us in on a conversation with two of Bob's sons and what they would have thought and what Bob may have thought about this award that came to be after his passing. We talked about that, how proud Bob would be uh, more so than any other award that might 
be given him from a baseball perspective that this one here that the secretary of the navy and that a numerous rear admirals uh, active and retired would take the time to spend an evening um, to honor bob feller's memory and in his memory be able to honor uh, those who continue to uh, provide support for our servicemen and women and i think all of us uh, agreed that he'd be most proud of this award so our guests are carl willis and bob DiBiasio. plus we'll have an update on spring training dates report dates the beginning of games all the good stuff to get you ready for cactus league play in goodyear arizona not that far off already just about three months away before spring training for the Tribe. So a lot to get to this week on Tribe Talk. You stay with us. We'll get it rolling after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we talk baseball on the radio for the next hour. Great to have you with us. And just a reminder... If you were not aware, Tribe Talk does run 52 weeks a year, so we have you covered throughout the baseball offseason leading up to spring training 2017. Our first guest on this week's show is former Indians pitching coach Carl Willis, who is now the pitching coach for the Boston Red Sox. And for the fourth time in his career as a major league pitching coach, Willis oversaw a Cy Young Award winner as Boston's Rick Porcello won the award last week in a close vote over the Detroit Tigers star Justin Verlander and also Indians pitcher Corey Kluber was in the mix trying to make it a second Cy Young award, but this time finishing in third place in the voting behind Porcello and Verlander. We thought Carl Willis would have great perspective as, again, four times a pitching coach for a Cy Young award winner, 2007, it was C.C. Sabathia right here in Cleveland. And the following year, Cliff Lee did it for the Indians as a part of their starting rotation. Then in 2010, Carl was with the Seattle Mariners the final two months of that season, and he does not take much credit for the Felix Hernandez Cy Young Award in that season because he was only there toward the end. But then this season, once again, he oversaw the work of a fine pitcher in Rick Porcello, who won the award this year. So some outstanding perspective, and he'll have some great looks, not only at the Cy Young Award winners that he coached, but also some thoughts on what makes Corey Kluber so tough, why Ryan Merritt had good success in the American League Championship Series against the Blue Jays. So some interesting things to come from Carl Willis. But first thoughts on overseeing a Cy Young Award winner and the hard work that those pitchers put in to get to where they are at the end of a season. It is. When you day in and day out, starting in spring training uh, and really having known what some of these guys do to prepare themselves in the off season, leading into spring training, um, you know, to, to see their hard work and dedication and preparation, um, you know, result into, into one of the um, most coveted awards in all of baseball it's uh it's really gratifying and and it's gratifying for that player more than anything else because they put the work in uh and they go out and, and they make it happen and when you look at the pitchers that have won Cy Young's under your watch that we we're talking earlier CC Sabathia in 07 at 
I think you could have said, hey, he's going to be in contention. He had that kind of resume going into that season. And Felix Hernandez, when he won it when you were in Seattle, very similar. Uh, but would, would Rick Porcello's season kind of maybe not coming out of nowhere, but some struggles the year before, could you compare it a little bit to, to when Cliff Lee won the award for the Indians a year after he was spending some time in the minor leagues? Well, I, I think you could. Um, you know, uh, when you go back and look at Cliff um, in that 2008 season, you know, prior to uh, that season, I believe in 2005, you know, he was an 18-game winner for the Indians there with us in uh, in that uh, 2005 season and um, came back the following year with 14 wins. So he, he had um, somewhat established himself as a successful major league pitcher. He'd had – Troubles in 2007, went back to the minor leagues. Um, so, as you mentioned, similarly with Rick Porcello, you know, here's a guy who, who joined the major leagues at the age of 20, um, you know, has had success, um, you know, won double-digit games multiple times in his career. Um, but at the same time, uh, in 2015, um, you know, had some real struggles. I think his record was 9-15. and 15. Um, and while he was a guy that going into the season, um, we certainly counted on as, as being a solid middle rotation starter for us in Boston, um, for him to step up and, and have the type of year that he had, it is very comparable to, to Cliff. I think it's very comparable to, to Corey Kluber going back, um, you know, 2012 or 13, the year that, that he won the award and, and hopefully in Rick's case, um, he can continue to follow Corey's lead and, and become a name that is involved in that conversation uh, annually for for years to come, as, as Corey Kluber has done. Carl Willis joining us, former Indians pitching coach, now the pitching coach for the Red Sox, had a Cy Young Award winner in Rick Porcello this season. And, uh, Carl, during your time with the Indians, and, and for fans who don't know, you came back and, and were working uh, as a special assistant for a little bit before you were hired by the Red Sox. But uh, hadn't really had a, a chance to work closely with Corey Kluber, but observing him from a distance uh, on the opposition, but obviously as a, a keen observer of, of pitching, uh, what impresses you most about him as he again was in the conversation this year for the Cy Young Award? Well, I think when you look at the guys who year in, year out are, are in that conversation and, and um, you know, start the season and, and they're kind of have that elite status, if you will, you know, the one similarity that really stands out amongst all of them is how they compete and the intensity with how they compete. And that's not to say that they're going to always show it outwardly. I, as people may recall, you know, with CC early on in his career, and at times in 2007, when he won the Cy Young, he could become very emotional on the mound. However, uh, his competitive spirit was always at the forefront. And, and when I watched Corey Kluber, and in 2015, I spent the entire uh, spring training in Major League Camp with the Indians as I was going to uh, Columbus to be the pitching coach for the Clippers there uh, with Ken Snockey's uh, very well-ran Columbus Clippers club. Um, we uh, were just taken aback by his business-like approach to everything he does with, um, you know, whether it be PFP, batting practice, um, throwing his bullpen. Very, very um, dedicated to the detail, 
uh, and just how he goes about his business and competes. When you add that along to that that slider that he throws, uh, you know, you got a pretty doggone good pitcher that's going to go out and and give you a, a a really good chance to win day in and day out every fifth day. And and I just think how he goes about his business and how he competes um, really is what stands out with Corey Kluber. And he had a wonderful postseason and. Uh, obviously, that started with a start against the Red Sox in the division series. And uh, how impressed were you with what he was able to do during postseason? Well, you know, it's tremendous. I'll tell you what, um, I think, um, you know, a lot of times all of us, um, and, and particularly fans, and look, I'm a fan of the game uh, as well, but when, when you look at an elite pitcher and a guy who's at the front of the rotation um, and the workload that that they're asked to go out and complete from the time they approach spring training to just the end of the regular season. And now you 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 carry that into the postseason, which is everyone's goal. Um, and these guys are 200-plus innings into the year, and now they have to go out and compete against the best-hitting lineups in the game because they're the ones who – you know, show up in the postseason um, for them to be able to maintain, um, you know, their stuff and ability to compete and and succeed. Um, that that is it's it's so impressive. And and I think Corey, um, you know, he he really he definitely he didn't lose anything. He may have stepped it up a bit uh, as the postseason came along. And I know coming into the postseason, he had an issue. Um, there with a hamstring or groin type of injury. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but but certainly uh, I know it didn't affect him, um, you know, in, in game two of the postseason there in, in Cleveland when when the Red Sox were in town. So very impressed with what he was able to do, and, and um, it speaks volumes for, for all of those guys uh, who can step up and do it that way that late in the year. Carl Willis joining us, Red Sox pitching coach, but uh, great ties to the Indians, and, and fairly recent, too. You mentioned – uh, 2015 spring training, and uh, in terms of postseason, being a fan of the game, we, we talked about it earlier. Uh, obviously, Rick Porcello, great stuff. Corey Kluber, great stuff. One of the really neat stories of the postseason was the Game Five win in the American League Championship Series for Ryan Merritt, and you had a chance to work with him. Not the overpowering stuff that these other guys have, but uh, in your brief time working with him, what did you see that would indicate that he could have success? in a game like that with so much on the line in Toronto? Well, you know, Rosie, first of all, in 2014, I was a special assistant with Cleveland, and, uh, and Ryan was pitching in, um, in single A in the Carolina League with the Carolina Mudcats. And I saw, I think, three starts uh, that he had. And then in 2015, during spring training, um, so I'm in big league camp. Uh, late in the spring, he made a start for us in AAA and minor league camp over against the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, the thing about Ryan Merritt is this. You know, he's a guy that even when he was in single A, and I, I want to say he won 15 games in the Carolina League in 2014, um, he's not a guy that anyone's going to sit back and watch and, and see overpowering stuff. But he commands the fastball, which, number one, regardless of velocity, every pitcher has to do. And he commands that fastball. He can pitch in. He can pitch out in a way. Um, his curveball, uh, it has good depth at times. Uh, you know, some people might say uh, it could be a little firmer. 
or a little later breaking, but at the same time, the depth he's able to create and the command he has with that pitch, um, you know, gives him another weapon and, and his ability to, to, to throw his change up. And I think he's a guy that from level to level, as he um, progresses, you know, he he's a student of the game and he learns how his stuff needs to be used to attack hitters uh, at each level he, he gets to. So I think pitchability is, is, is just a big word. And, and there's so many pitchers uh, that are successful in this game. And you don't see the 96 and 97 mile power fastballs or the devastating slider or split. Um, they're guys that have three, sometimes four above average to average major league pitches that they can keep a hitter off balance and they minimize their mistakes within the strike zone and they give themselves a chance to win. And that's exactly what Ryan Merritt did. And I was so excited uh, to watch him compete in that game and so excited to see how well he competed and did because I know what a good kid he is and how much this means to him. And um, it, it was really, it, it was a lot of fun to watch and um, I was excited for him. And along those lines, just to, to finish up our conversation, obviously uh, your allegiances, as they should be, uh, lie with the Red Sox and as a competitor, uh, you're hoping to come away from that series with a win. But when it did not go Boston's way and the Indians continued on, how closely did you follow things because of the relationships you have here? Well, you know, honestly, um, it, it was disappointing for me, disappointing for us. Um, you know, we, we felt like um, in Boston we, we definitely had a championship caliber club. Um, a lot of emotion with it being David Ortiz last year and, and everyone um, – feeling so strongly about David and wanted to send him out um, with another championship. But, you know, it didn't work out. Um, you know, I left uh, a couple of messages to um, to the front office, uh, Chris Antonetti and uh, Mike Sarbaugh and I are close, and uh, and we texted. And, and um, so, you know, for me, um, disappointed very much so. Wish we could have a do-over and do it again. But at the end of the day, for me, if we're going to lose, um, you know, I, I was happy to see those guys um, have the be the ones to have the opportunity to, to take it a step forward. I didn't watch the next series closely. Honestly, um, I watched that uh, Ryan Merritt start uh, closely because I was very interested to see how he was going to do. And, and uh, when the series closed out that day, um, I have to tell you, when uh, – when I saw the trophy presentation and um, was really excited for Tito, really excited for Chris and and uh, and Mike, turn off. But when I saw the Dolans up there, um, yeah, it was really special. Um, listen, I, I'm a Red Sox through and through right now, so don't misinterpret this. But uh, the Indians organization have been very good to me, and uh, and certainly the Dolan family has been very good to me, and um, their their long journey. Um, during their ownership to to get to that point to to finally get back to the World Series and 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 look I, I, I it should have happened in 07 but we fell just short but it, it really hit me that you know boy what, what a special place and they're special people and and if it can't be us and the Boston Red Sox you know I, I certainly hope uh, you know they can finish it off and and they had a great run and. Hey, I, I was jumping out of the bed when Rajay Davis hit the home run to tie the game in Game Seven. I mean, I, I, I was like a freaking kid, but um, 
you know, they have a lot to be proud of. And um, you know what? They have a lot to look forward to because they're a good young ball club with, with some very good starting pitches. Well, Carl, appreciate the thoughts. Always fun to, to catch up with you, and I'm sure we'll see you down the road next season when the Indians play the Red Sox. Well, I look forward to that, Rosie, and um, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and, and all the people there with and, and the Indians fans as well. That's former Indians pitching coach and now the current pitching coach for the Boston Red Sox, Carl Willis. Always great to have him on. Some great perspective from Carl about Cy Young Award winners and pitchers in general, and then more specifically on Corey Kluber and what makes him the ace of the Cleveland Indians staff. Stay tuned. When we come back, we have some news on spring training 2017. If you want to grab a a pencil and paper or at least something to jot some dates down, it's coming quickly, folks, with the extra uh, time in the postseason for the Tribe. Spring training just three months away now as it will begin in late February. And we'll have all the details for you when we return as Tribe Talk continues on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you this weekend as we join you on Thanksgiving weekend talking baseball on the radio. And if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter. At Indians Radio is our Twitter address. That is at Indians Radio, the Twitter address to uh, follow us with broadcast news, guests on this show, showtimes, things like that. And then once we get into spring training, we'll have all the updates for you from Goodyear, Arizona. And speaking of Goodyear, The Indians have announced the 2017 spring training schedule, and it begins a little bit earlier this year as the first game will be February the 25th. The Indians in their traditional opener against the team they share the Goodyear Complex with the Cincinnati Reds. That's a Saturday afternoon, and we will have that for you right here on the Indians Radio Network, one of 15 broadcasts this spring from Goodyear and Points beyond in the Cactus League. And how about this? The following day, Sunday, February the 26th, the World Series rematch. The Indians will take on the Chicago Cubs over at the Cubs Complex in Mesa. If you're heading down early before the games begin, the Indians will start their workouts a little bit earlier this season because of the World Baseball Classic. That will be taking place once again. So a couple of players from different teams will be taking part in that, and uh, that figures to be the case for the Indians with no announcements yet, but it uh, figures that some of the Indians' pitchers or position players might be a part of the World Baseball Classic. So pitchers and catchers scheduled to report to Goodyear on February the 12th, and the full squad will report on February the 16th with workouts beginning a short time later. So keep those dates in mind. Mid-February, the full squad reports on February the 16th. And then the first game is February the 25th. Tickets are on sale. You can pick them up starting December 1st at Indians.com slash spring. Again, December the 1st, single game tickets for Tribe Spring Training Games in Goodyear going on sale at 10 a.m. that day only at indians.com slash spring. And you can still pick up season tickets if you're heading to Arizona for the full month of March and a little bit of February. Season tickets, they'll get you that good savings over the single game prices. And again, you can pick them up at indians.com slash spring. 
And uh, those are on sale now. They went on sale earlier this week. There are also some opportunities for mini plans and group tickets, but those single games and the season tickets, season tickets on sale now, single games going on next Thursday, December the 1st. And again, the first spring training game, February the 25th. Hard to believe we're talking about it already, but it'll be here before you know it. Stay tuned. When we return, we'll hear from Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio on one of the great awards that is given out each postseason. It's the Bob Feller Active Valor Award. Bobby D was in Washington, D.C. for the ceremonies last week, and he'll bring us up to date on that. When we return after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field where we catch up with Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio back from the annual Act of Valor Awards in Washington, D.C., the fourth year that this award that uh, really signifies uh, so much of what Hall of Famer Bob Feller was all about has taken place. And uh, Bobby D., I know it sounded like another just great event in our nation's capital just prior to Thanksgiving. Well, thanks for allowing me to share the message of the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation. Rosie, uh, last Thursday, November 17th, we were in Washington, D.C. at the U.S. Navy Memorial, and we got to honor the legacy uh, of Hall of Famer Bob Feller. Uh, But more importantly, we honored the legacy of Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller. Just a remarkable evening in the theater in the U.S. Navy Memorial. Uh, Four years ago, the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation was established uh, specifically um, because the the founder, Peter Fertig, um, just a gentleman who's a CPA, uh, but he also writes children's books, and happened to ask Bob Feller to write the foreword of a, a baseball children's book that he was writing. So those two struck up a friendship. And Peter just felt, you know, the legacy of Bob Feller needs to be uh, truly enhanced. Not his baseball career, because we all know about it, but not enough people know about his service to our country. What an incredible patriot he was, being the first to enlist, first professional athlete of all sports to enlist in World War II after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And so this uh, event has been created to honor those who support our servicemen and women. When you look at at how it's grown and and if it's grown, I'm sure you had some expectations when it first began four years ago. Has it exceeded those uh, to what it is now? It's as like anything, uh, you grow and grow with experience and uh, have an opportunity to learn things along the way. uh, But from day one, uh, with the help of the U.S. Navy, uh, SecNav Ray Mavis, who is uh, in Cleveland for Game 1 of the American League Championship Series, was in Cleveland for the Game 1 of the World Series and actually presented to Larry Dolan uh, the U.S. Navy's highest honor that they can bestow upon uh, a civilian or a, uh, a, civ- a civil organization. It's the uh, U.S. Navy uh, Distinguished Public Service Award. And they presented it to Larry, who's a former Marine himself, uh, for our work with the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation, for our work with Francona and Friends, uh, our work with uh, other military uh, in the city of Cleveland. Um, 
the whole evening, Rosie, I just have to tell you, you burst with pride. There are so many rear admirals, the Secretary of Navy, um, all these chief petty officers, the, the Naval Academy baseball team, all those kids wearing their white uniforms, not baseball uniforms, their white Naval Academy uniforms. Um, just truly uh, a special, special night. And there's five awards that we give out. The first one is um, we recognize uh, an exemplary peer-to-peer mentorship group in the U.S. Navy. We honor a U.S. uh, Marine in honor of Jerry Coleman, Hall of Fame broadcaster, great player for the New York Yankees, but then spent his life with the Padres as as their announcer. Uh, And then we do three awards that uh, are specific to what Bob Feller uh, held most dear. And that was being a Major League Baseball player. That was being a member of the U.S. Navy as a Chief Petty Officer and also being a member of the Hall of Fame. Um, the current player, Brad Ziegler of the Boston Red Sox, uh, he joined Justin Verlander, Nick Swisher, and Jonathan Lucroy as our past award, uh, award winners. These gentlemen just do incredible work uh, in support of our uh, military, our servicemen and women. The Hall of Famer was Rod Carew. Not many people know that Rod Carew was a, a Marine in the reserves and would leave on weekends during the baseball season to do his service. Even when he was leading the league and hitting seven times or whatever he was. And um, In chatting with him as we did a video, unfortunately, Rod is uh, awaiting both a kidney and a heart transplant, and so he can't be very far from uh, the hospital in L.A. Um, but as we were talking, I, I said, I know you were an all-star 18 times, Rod, because we all worked with Rod when we hired him to get ten- Kenny Lofton turned around as a, as a hitter one spring. We hired him for a month, and obviously he certainly helped Kenny become a pretty darn good hitter in his day. But I asked him, I said, 18-time All-Star, you had seven batting titles. Um, Where does hitting 344 for the entire decade of the 70s? Think about that, Rosie. For 10 years. Who does that? With no strikeouts, right? He doesn't. Yeah. You you imagine him today. That's the other conversation we had. I said, you never struck out, and when you did, you had your head down and embarrassed. And he goes, yeah, guys strike out 200 times today, and they don't even think twice about it. He hit 344 for the entire decade of the 70s. That's just amazing. And he goes, well, that was the consistency I was looking for, so that is one. And he goes, the All-Star Games has to be it because, you know, your peers and others are voting you. Uh, into the All-Star Game, and and for 18 years, people thought I I did okay, you know, the way these guys are. Um, So Rod Carew is the Hall of Famer. Brad Ziegler uh, was the current MLB player. And uh, a young man by the name of uh, Chris Beating, uh, nicknamed Rabbit, a senior chief petty officer, was honored for his uh, incredible work, uh, uh, not only in... The, the U.S. Navy, but uh, what he does uh, in the community in which he lives in Pensacola. He started his own youth baseball program for the kids on the base and in in the uh, neighborhood around the base. And 
just some other wonderful community outreach efforts that uh, CPO uh, beating did. So, as I said, Rosie, um, to be around people so dedicated and passionate about who we are as a country and for our little slice of the day to be able to recognize them. We had 16 Major League players who were nominees for the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award. Our goal is to get all 30 teams to have somebody who's doing uh, good work with our uh, servicemen and women. But it is absolutely, I can honestly tell you, it's one of the highlights of my year. You mentioned Brad Ziegler, the current player and, and past winners. Obviously, Nick Swisher knew about Bob Feller because he played for the Indians. Uh, Justin Berland, a pretty good student of the game, and, and obviously as a, a top-shelf pitcher would know about the exploits of Bob Feller. How about a, a guy like Brad Ziegler, who uh, we probably don't know as much about. He's been in the National League for a portion of his career. Uh, did he have any thoughts about Bob Feller and what that award meant to him? Afterwards, he and I were chatting, and that was the one thing. He goes, you know, I Googled him. You know, once you know, I received the letter that I was the winner, you know, I went and Googled. Not that I didn't know Bob Feller's name. Of course, I knew who he was as a, you know, Hall of Fame baseball player, but uh, I didn't know all that was involved. Um, and he even rattled off to me the stats, uh, you know, that Bob won six campaign ribbons and eight battle stars. So he did his homework, um, and he really, um, you know, which was nice to see. Instead of just being a little flippant about it and say, oh, here's another award, um, he was really into learning um, about uh, Bob and not his baseball career, but his uh, patriotism. And uh, it was cool to have Brad acknowledge that. Uh, after the ceremony, the, the U.S. Navy baseball team got a chance to hang with him uh, for a little bit. We did a little Q&A with him and, and the baseball team and took some photos with them. Uh, made for a wonderfully special night. This may be putting you on the spot a little bit, but obviously you were close with Bob Feller uh, for many, many years. What do you think he would think of all this, uh, four years in and, and how it's grown and, and what's happening? Well, afterwards, we went to dinner with uh, Steve Feller uh, and Bruce Feller, um, Bob's two sons. and um, We talked about that, how proud Bob would be, uh, more so than any other award that might be given him from a baseball perspective that this one here, that the Secretary of the Navy and that uh, numerous rear admirals, uh, active and retired, would take the time to spend an evening um, to honor Bob Feller's memory and in his memory be able to honor uh, those who continue to uh, provide support for our servicemen and women. And I think all of us uh, agreed that he'd be most proud of this award. Bobby D, we're recording this at uh, an event that takes place just prior to Thanksgiving, and uh, folks may be able to tell in the background there's some things going on. We're at the Terrace Club down at the ballpark, and just shifting gears real quick, uh, explain the event that we're at, and it's an annual event that gives back to the community here. Right. It's an annual event that we do for our community partners, uh, people like the Boys and Girls Clubs and uh, Our Lady of Wayside, the City Mission, and a few others that... Um, may not have the Thanksgiving that you and I and a lot of our listeners are going to have. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we could bring some sunshine into uh, 
uh, some young people's lives and uh, give them a Thanksgiving Day meal. Uh, we're fortunate that Josh Tomlin and his wife were here today to help along and take uh, pictures and uh, do autographs for all the kids and with Slider and Boys and Girls Clubs brought their little, you know, eight-piece band that they have to entertain. And uh, as you said, this isn't an annual event. And um, again, it's our way to um, just say thank you to the people that we work closely with all year long to try to, you know, make our mark in this community. It's all about how can we make a major league impact through our community outreach efforts. Um, it's one of the most important things we do, and we do it all year long. But today, um, we get to bring some smiles to uh, some young people's faces uh, in a very special way. And I can vouch for that. Some good times being had by the the folks, young and old, here today. Somebody's doing our work while you and I are sitting <laughs> I here chatting. Somebody, you're, I, you were on gravy duty, I was on turkey duty, so we were popular. <laughs> That's exactly right. Bobby D., thanks so much for coming by. Thank you, Rosie. That's Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio, our man on the scene in Washington, D.C., and also at the Terrace Club this week. Stay tuned. More to come as Tribe Talk continues after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you talking baseball on this Thanksgiving weekend. And we conclude this week's show with a public service announcement for those of you trying to get the jump on holiday shopping for a Tribe fan. And what better to put under the tree than a Tribe holiday six-pack. Those uh, great packages of six different games on summer weekends for the Indians. And uh, they work like this. Six-pack options include... Friday six-packs, which means those games will have the Sugardale Dollar Dog Nights and fireworks shows after the game. Or you can go with a Saturday six-pack. Those include premium promotional items. Or the Sunday six-pack for the kids, including the Key Bank Kids Fun Day activities at the ballpark. So three different six-packs to choose from. They start at $86 for the six games. And, again, they're a great holiday gift. They are on sale now. All you have to do is go to indians.com slash six-packs. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Hope you can join us next week when we continue with our hot stove shows. We'll return to our Game of the Week segment, as well as have some special guests along the way, too. So hope you can join us next weekend. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.